This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life. Because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty. Hey everyone, I'm here with Mario Raymond. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Thank you for having me on the show. (laughs) Yeah, man. You're currently right now in the Kansas City area? Yeah, Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. That's a really important thing to to say, too, that that Missouri part, right? It is very important because if you just say Kansas City, Kansas, you might start a fight with someone. Yeah. So the first time we, we met, we didn't really actually know each other that well. It was in, like, 2014 when you moved to Detroit. Uh, I had friends that you were living with, but it wasn't until I want to say was it I'm trying to remember when Austin and Sarah got married. Was it twenty seventeen? Yeah, which is crazy that they've been married that long already. And they have a baby. I know. Wasn't she's a year now? Yeah, which is just crazy. even crazier. But that's when we really got to to meet each other and get to know each other. I remember the whole wedding, the two of us were just laughing. It was a fun night. That's what I remember. We had a blast dancing. We did. We had a great time. Yeah. Whether it was sitting at the table or when we went out after the wedding. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Hanging out. Yeah, I remember. That's right. You grew up in Louisiana, a place called New, New Iberia? New Iberia. Yeah, that's correct. And... Talk about what it was like living there. No, I is a very small town. It's known for the sugarcane festival that they have once a year. Oh, cool. A lot of sugarcane in that area. But it was definitely a cool little town. But I knew that was not. I was not going to be there. I'm a city boy. I was born <laughs> a city boy. I'm not made to live in the the ranch or the farm and have horses and pigs and cattle, not me, but it was cool. I grew up with my family. We went to church or Catholic home, but I went to an Assemblies of God school. So I had the difference between gospel or hymns and just charismatic worship and enjoying service and things like that so it was definitely a weird upbringing yeah but it was fun what was it like to whether at school or at at home what was it like to hear the things that you're being taught at the the school compared to what you were being taught at church how did you how did you navigate that i i think i took what i could from school and I just applied school. I knew that in the Catholic church, there was just something that wasn't right. It was a little weird, even at a young age, but my mom just reassured that for me when it was more time for me to be a youth group age or in the you know teenage, preteen. She yeah. made it a very, a very big point for me to be in a youth group. And so 
because the Catholic Church didn't really have anything for me. You know, you do your classes, you get your confirmation, you can drink a little wine. My mom just felt like there was way more for me. There was more for me to learn, more for me to experience. And so we went on a journey until we found something that had a youth group that was actually pouring into me and it started friendships that I still have to this day. That's really cool, man. As a kid, because of the school that you're going to and possibly other reasons why, but gospel music like Kirk Franklin was really all that you were listening to. Explain a little bit more about what was up with the the gospel music. It's more my mom, I would say. She just always was trying to find up encouraging, uplifting music. I mean, granted, the Catholic Church was we went to were trying to do like Kurt Franklin, but in a very like dumbed down way. And so I was getting the gospel version at different churches. Um, we always went to like huge revival nights, or if we had a cousin that was speaking at a church, we would go there. Sister did dancing for a while okay. and it was liturgical dancing so a lot of gospel music is used in that i even yeah. did it for a few years so that's why gospel has a little more touch to me because i did that experience of life but yeah gospel was just my childhood was just upbringing with gospel does it still have like a any impact into you today i feel the thing that gospel has brought to my life today is it's given me the just the experience of music because I think when when the gospel team is playing and they're just going at it with each other I I just enjoy that you know it's yeah. off the cuff no practice one look and you're going into a different song different beat different rhythm and everyone is going on that same journey and you don't yeah. have to like say it. You just, it's just a look. And I feel like that right now has played a part. I can sit into a worship experience and just enjoy the music, enjoy the musicianship, watch people as they like interact with other people on the stage and they just feel it and they go with it. And I think that's one of the things that I kind of just took with me. So, as a middle schooler and as a high schooler, you are through school and through youth group, you're really getting interested in a band called Hillsong United. Talk about what that music was for you to experience. Yeah, it was definitely different. With my upbringing being gospel, I think all of youth group service, everyone did Hillsong United. And that was around the time where United We Stand. So take, take, take it all, Fire Fall Down, The Stand, all of those were on that album. Yeah. And I, my, for me, the big thing, they went to Baton Rouge and they did a concert at Bethany Church. And we got, it was a free concert and me and my friends went. And it was the craziest thing. Like today, I can still remember like 
lights and haze and just really loud music. And I felt like I was at my first rock concert. It's really what it was. But it was definitely like a rock concert with a message. That was like the music that we listened to in youth group. You know, everyone did the songs and everyone knew the songs. And it was just a really cool atmosphere to be in with the actual band. You know, these are these are people from Sydney, Australia, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, performing songs that we listen to every Wednesday night. And it was just a really cool experience. Explain uh, maybe for the crowd, like, what the difference between Hillsong United and, and gospel music, what that's like. Hillsong United, just Hillsong in general, though, they're very well prepared. They are always making stuff together, but just the way they work is so different than gospel. They will have their set list. They'll practice it multiple times before they do it. I feel like a gospel, they just show up and play. People just show up on a Sunday and just play no practice but they all can just go they follow each other very well and there's not someone directing them in the sense i mean there's your right. worship leader but they they're just going with each other by looks whereas i feel like hillsong there's a md you know that's kind of directing it like hey we're gonna go here and but they do a really good job of communicating between the worship leader and the md and so the md relays it to the rest of the band and that's how they just move what about like musically what are the differences hillsong's more at, at that point in time when i was in youth it was very electric guitar driven they've now changed over the years and done different things but at that time they were very electric guitar driven so it was more rock concerty type Whereas gospel is more piano, organ, solid drummer, bass man, just doing all kind of crazy stuff. But it all just works together. Yeah. It's all good. You go to college in Texas, and during that time, you're introduced to some new music outside of uh, Christian music for yourself. Who are those artists, and what was uh, some of the memories that come from that? There is a uh, Keith Urban, Dave Matthews Band, John Mayer. Yeah, all those came out of that time. It was really funny. My best friend in college, Chase, we would drive in his Dodge Ram truck from our dorm to classes. We had off-site classes. And we it'd be like six guys, three in the back, three in the front. And we'd be singing Keith Urban at the top of our lungs driving down the highway i want to kiss a girl just screaming but it was just so much fun but yeah that was definitely one of those memories and then another memory i had when i got introduced to dave matthews my one of my friends were playing drums at a church for a friend and we were driving and it was when dave matthews band came out with the Grux king yeah. And we were just like jamming 
And I think like part of that kind of just reminded me of the gospel life. Like just, you yeah. can hear it. They oh, would totally. just go and, and they go for a really long time. They don't mm-hmm. even have to sing. They just start playing and people are just like, yeah. But I, I kind of felt that just that gospel vibe, just feeling the music, enjoying it. And so that's that was probably my first experience with Dave. I totally, I never made that connection, but with, you know, the sax and the trumpet, there definitely is that gospel vibe on uh, Groove Guys King. Yeah. That's really cool. Like, I mean, you just look at, like, Shake It Like a Monkey, for example, uh, would just, I think, fit it perfectly. You know? Yeah. So good. Yeah. Have you seen any of those uh, three artists before, live? I actually got to see Dave live in Michigan. No way. At uh, DT? Yes. Nice. One of the guys from Michigan. Ben Allen got me a ticket yeah. for my birthday. Nice. And we went to see Dave. And it was every bit of worth it. Why is that? I totally agree. I've seen him before, so No, it's just like just like what I was saying, like that gospel vibe. But mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that I've started to pick up in watching bands. They just go with it. Whether someone's messing up or not, you can kind of tell, even if you're not even paying attention, because someone will look up and they'll start smiling. And you're like, oh, that person messed up. Some things that people don't really notice. Yeah. But like in Dave, they don't really mess up. Right. And they just go. Carter Burford's just going crazy on his drum rig. And Dave's over there just doing his thing. But they're all like, they're all looking at each other and they just go to the next place. Right. And they take you on a journey and they don't have to say a word. It's just a look. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to like try to depict what songs they're going to do. Oh, yeah, totally. I did think it was really cool because he came out with Tim and they did their little bit before the whole band came out. Yeah. Because I have listen to live in las vegas with just him and tim what was that like uh, i was cool just like the two guitars just going just jamming it's it's really an interesting vibe because you take away everything else you take away you strip the bass you take out the drums take out the sax and trumpets and you just have the two guitar players just playing and it was it was cool. It was really cool. Tim is one of the sickest guitars I think I've ever heard. Yeah. And I won't say so much about Dave as I've learned more about guitaring. And he just kind of plays shapes. But he was still cool. <laughs> <laughs> won't give all your secrets away, Dave. What was it about the music that you were listening to on those road trips? What made it special? I think me was, I think the guitars. I think electric guitar had become one of my favorite things. And granted, my roommate in college was a bass player. And he kind of like drove me to the bass world. He was one of those talented guys. 
and he was always like, you play the bass very high, like you have it very high on your neck, mm-hmm. like you know, most people don't do that, but he was just, he was really good. He's a really good musician. I think he played drums and keys, and I think he tried acoustic for a little while too, but something about those musicians that can play multiple instruments, I kind of enjoy being around them. Yeah. I picked up bass and it's very easy. I won't go past that. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe later. Maybe later I'll pick up a guitar, do some other stuff, but I'll stay in the bass world right now. How long have you been playing bass? I would say probably like 2012 maybe. Okay. 2011, 2012. Nice. Playing a little bass. Playing a little worship bass, not yeah. not too crazy, and just having fun. Right. As you're still in in college, you're meeting new people. You move back to Louisiana, and you're introduced to new music uh, that was outside of your experience in Texas. Who are those artists, and what was appealing about those artists to you? Justin Nazuko, who he's legit James Bay uh, artist named B.O.B. Yeah. And then I think Bruno was a little in that he started around that because I was in college. I was at UL from 2010 to 2014. So he was kind of on the starting to come the ride. But yeah. Yeah. Justin just has like this soul very mellow chill very kind of like really good message but he just is so nice and sweet it's like <laughs> when i when i hear him it's just like one of those sweet things and then james bay he just goes on this journeys from like crash rock to like broken heart to falling yeah. in love and like his words are so catchy his music is so good. Cat, like, there's just the way they play. I got to see him live in Detroit. Oh. Where? Which venue? He plays the Fillmore. Nice. What so was it, it like? Was definitely cool. I did not realize how the Fillmore works, but I got a GA ticket, and I was waiting around, and I didn't know where I was supposed to go. So I went on the top, and then I figured I was supposed to stay at the bottom. It was <laughs> cool after that. But the band that opened for him was called Joseph, and it was Three Sisters. Yeah. They were phenomenal. Yeah, they were amazing. I didn't think they were, you know, they were, like, trying to upstage James, but they were really <sighs> good. Just their voices together, so yeah. sick. Kind of reminds me of right. this family that I knew from Louisiana, but that was cool. And then he came out, and I think my best, my favorite thing about live concerts is trying to figure out song placement. Yeah. Which song is going to be the first? What's going to yeah. be the last? And what's going to be that encore? And because right. you're like, okay, he played this song. Is this song next? No, it's not yet. It's going to hold that for the end. 
but he he had a, it was a great show. I think that if I could see him again, I would. But it was such a great show. That's awesome, dude. I'm assuming they did Let It Go. Of course. Yeah, that was like in the middle. I think it's a song that most people know. Yeah. Scars is the song. Wow. If you haven't heard Scars by James Bay, you got to check it out. It will cut deep. I'm not as familiar with him. Uh, I know Pink Lemonade, you know, obviously Let It Go, Hold Back the River. Definitely need to check out more on him. Yeah, his older stuff was like that Chase the River album. So Mm -hmm. good. But some of the stuff he's got now, Wild Love, not many people like Pink Lemonade. I kind of do. It's that electric guitar. Some people don't like that feel. Yeah. But there was this one song that he did with Peer Pressure is what I'm thinking of. Oh, Julia Michaels. Julia Michaels. Yes. So good. Yeah. What is it about like him specifically that impactful for you? I think a lot of his music hit me at a time where I was kind of on that like love journey. I was in love, out of love, all around, trying to figure out who I was, trying to figure out what I wanted. And his music was just, you know, how are we going to move in together? Yeah. Like, I don't know. How how am I going to move in with this girl that I'm dating? Or how are we going to move forward in our relationship? And it was just a beautiful time of music at a very point when I needed to hear something like that. So post-college, you really start to, again expanding your taste even more hip-hop as well as some um, pop and, and even r&b is really what you're jiving with at the time so like bruno mars chance the rapper to name you know just a couple what's the impact here what, what's going on i think chance was just doing something that i kind of just connected with and, and i had never heard the two EPs before he did the coloring book. But the coloring book was like the first album I listened to. And like he mashes like he mashes some gospel in. Yeah. And then he goes in like this pop world. He's got a song with JB on there. Right. And he just goes all over, but he just stays so consistent with it. He's just like this product I'm going to put out, it's going to be my product and I'm just going to do it. And I think I was just vibing with that. Cause I was like, at that point in my life, I was like, I'm going to do my life. This is my life. And so I think like, but then Chance's messages were so good. And then like he was doing stuff for the city of Chicago that just made me want to support him more yeah and so i really shout out to him chance is great bruno was just uh, doing stuff in a whole nother world (laughs) and bruno's like bruno's just so talented yeah and 
I've heard it like Bruno's concert is one of the best experiences you will ever have in your life. And every time I get so close and I can't get there. Same here. So as soon as this COVID is over, I hope Bruno does a tour. Come yeah. to the city or somewhere close. I'm driving there. I will see Bruno Mars live. We are going to meet back up and make it happen. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, man. Dude, he, it's just amazing. With him, he's able to take multiple different genres. So like R&B, pop, funk, even some soul, and good old rock and roll. Put them all together. And that's just to name a few, right? And yeah. just amazing what he, you know, what he's doing within all that. And I mean, you just look at like 24 Karat Magic, that album, for example. And I mean, there's just such a mix of, of some really good stuff, whether kind of that 90s R&B yes. feel. That throwback feel. That's like the yeah. best part of that album. Oh, totally. You get that like with finesse and man. Now... Are you are you regular finesse or the remix finesse? <laughs> I listened to the regular finesse first because the the Cardi B was I don't know how much longer after. I don't I don't mind the the Cardi B version. I think for me, I think watching it live because I think they did it at a music awards. I can't remember where. Yeah. But I think for me, I was like, I can dig it. I can mm-hmm. go with it. Because of how this is for, like presented, but yeah, I'm definitely the regular regular. What uh, what else besides uh, Bruno and Chance? Ed Sheeran, he is like my man right now. Oh yeah, gosh, so good. <laughs> I think it's crazy that he could literally go on stage by himself, play all the guitar parts, and sing. And everyone would be like, he played with by himself. Right. <laughs> Doesn't need the whole band. He'll come out by himself. In front of like 60,000 people too. <laughs> yep. But like he's so versatile. Like just he doesn't just sing the sappy songs. He has like the upbeat songs. But his yeah. rapping, gotta catch Ed on a rap. So good. <laughs> I think he raps in which album? I can't. I think it's like five. It's a live album that he does, and like, yeah, he does a rap in there. And I was like, okay, Ed, I see you. <laughs> but even like his collab, his oh, yeah. collab project, man, that is phenomenal. It was incredible. Just the like the sheer collaborations in themselves was pretty outstanding but i mean just the quality of it too yeah blow for example that's the country one right yeah yeah it's more of a country rock one and you've got bruno mars in it with chris stapleton (laughs) it's so weird to both of those artists would be in the the song with ed yeah but I think, like, that whole project, he was just like, I want to collab with people. Like, yeah. I want to do work with people. And I think that's what I like about Ed is that 
you know, like, I don't want to just do my solo thing. Like, I want to collab with people. I want to do work with people. I want to, like, meet people and do this awesome song together. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know how it works, but I feel like that's going to create a friendship or something down the line where it's like, yeah, totally. this project we did was so good. We're going to do something again. And it's going to be just as great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things like within the music industry, something like that, it could be maybe writing a song for the other artist, you know, it yeah. could be contributing vocals for another collaboration. So the, the possibilities are endless. And I mean, and each song has a, it's a different collaboration with somebody. Yeah. Some of those are multiple artists on there, not just two with uh, Ed or the other person. Yeah, Ed's definitely the man. What kind of impact has R&B and, and pop and, and hip-hop been on for you as an adult? For me as an adult, it's like that go-away place. Because I'm not, I'm not a heavy rap person. I mean, I may dabble in some rap, but it's not like my go-to. Unless I'm like getting pumped up to go play like flag football or basketball or I need that mindset that I'm going to go out and destroy people on the field. But that's like my limit. Like I I don't try to go past that, but then I just have those go-to songs that I just know that just kind of feed that, you know? And so, but like R&B, hip hop, I think like, the collaborations are the things that make it for me. Because if you pull someone in on a song, like even just taking, like Ed taking Khalid and doing a song, that's now introducing me to Khalid or Khaled, however you want to pronounce it. But, But then Khalid does a song with Kane Brown and now I'm listening to Kane Brown. And so, yeah. like, just that ripple effect of, like, I'm going to make this song with this person, it now starts this whole chain link of me listening to other music outside of my norm. Because Kane's, like, your hip-hop R&B country singer kind of thing. I don't think he's, like, super country, but he's got a little twang. But I think that's my thing. That's the thing for me with the music right now. What specifically is your role with the opera company that you're a part of? So I am the assistant technical director and lighting supervisor. So what that means is I help with getting shows put up or built. But my main role is dealing with lighting mm-hmm. or projections, which is a really cool experience because it's you don't have lights, no one's seen, no matter how yeah. great the set is. You need lights to see right. the people. But it is definitely a different world than any of the things I we just talked about. Like, yeah. I feel like if you go to a concert, you're going to get flashy lights. You're going to get people 
crowd surfing or doing crazy things, whereas opera is going to be a more elegant night. You're going to dress up, even though you don't have to. You can. <laughs> you can dress up if you want to. You can yep. dress up, go to the opera hall, watch a beautiful opera, sing in a different country, sing for language, and it's just you hear the symphony playing, the artist singing, and you just kind of get sucked into this world of storytelling for maybe an hour and a half to three hours long. Mm-hmm. And you just go with it. And it's a really cool experience because it's just that art form. It's an art, piece of art. People are working together. They're collaborating. They are, the thing I've learned about opera singers is that they have to train just like as an athlete trains for, you know, to play sports. They have to train their vocal cords right? to sing these notes and hold them for so long. And it's, it's definitely a beautiful thing. Super challenging, I'm sure. For them, yeah, I'm not singing opera. That is the one question I get asked when I say I work for an opera company. Everyone says, do you sing? I do not sing. I am not a singer. I'll let everyone else do that. How did you get into being a part of that? After, because when I was in Detroit, I was doing grad school for lighting design. Were you at Wayne State? I was at Wayne State. Nice. Uh, One of my friends, she graduated right after my first year. She got a job at the Detroit Opera House in the same position. And so my second and third year, I went to the Opera House and got to see opera. And after graduating, I was looking for a job. And there was a job in Kansas City. And I was like, I'm going to try this out. And it's been a very fun ride. I've got to see, I've been here three years now. Right. We did this really cool piece. It's called Everest. Mm-hmm. It was about the 96 Everest uh, catastrophe, which has Beck Weathers. But this show was 77 minutes no intermission it aesthetically was one of the most beautiful things you would ever seen with the use of projections mm-hmm. it was i think it was like 84 or maybe it was a hundred four by four white cubes and they were just put in different orientations and then you put projections on top of it and it just takes you in a different place and so it was one of the coolest things I have seen. I also got to work with really cool people on that production. One of them is actually the person who designed the projections for Wicked. And so it was, I was starstruck for a while. It was all cool, but it was just a beautiful thing. And it was a yeah. story. It was telling a story about Beckweather's and his journey up this 
mountain that some people don't get to come down. And a couple people he went up with didn't, and he made it. Opera. <laughs> it is definitely what you wouldn't expect. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people have been like slightly introduced to opera and they just don't know it. Why do you say that? Well, even for me, if you ever remember, or you can look it up, there is an episode of Looney Tunes where Bugs Bunny is shaving Elma Fudd. And he is doing it to the music from opera. (laughs) Uh, It is Barbara Seville. And you don't even realize it. And there's another one where he's conducting, but I can't remember which opera. I think it's Valkyrie. Okay. But he's directing the symphony. And it's like, oh, even as a kid, there are small bits of opera that I've been plugged into yeah. my life that I would have never known. How has opera given you the ability to enjoy music? It has this beautiful way of just kind of sucking you in. You have this symphony that are playing different instruments following the conductor and just the music is going. And I mean, I try to follow a score and I get lost. But just to like know that they're playing a note all together, different times, all off of like one person telling them or this movement of a stick. But then on top of that, you have a singer who is also following this person with the same stick. And they're just kind of going with it and it kind of goes back to that that musicality that we talked about from the beginning with like gospel i mean granted there's like this conductor but they're Uh all going to the same place together yeah even if you're playing you could be playing percussion violin saxophone trumpet harp everyone's still going the same place. That's so cool. What is it about music that allows us to enjoy it? Why is it that we listen to music? I think we listen to music because of the stories. Mm. I think some of the music that we listen to just identifies with us, wherever we are, whatever we're going through, and that's what we go with. You know, right. there's a story someone's telling that whether they wrote it or someone on their team wrote it, you know, you just identify with that story. But then you add in the musicianship to it because you can listen to the lyrics all day, but you take the lyrics away and you kind of feel the story through the yeah. musicianship. Right. 
Well, Mario, this was awesome. Thanks for, for doing this, man. Man, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Yeah. And it's great to know you, but you need to come to Kansas City. You need to come try some barbecue. Dude, dude, that will happen. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtracks.